episode of Oh Shoot. Today I am chatting with Savvy the Workshop, aka Nicole and Abby. So they're both here. They're literally like sitting in the same room, which is so cute. So you guys go ahead, say hi. Maybe like each of you introduce yourself and kind of, you know, do a little thing about who you are. Yeah, I'm Nicole. I'm Abby Cooling. We both have our own wedding photography businesses separately. And then we have Savvy, our educational brand together. Yeah. Where we just have every educational aspect, guides, all sorts of things that we do together. Awesome. That's so fun. And Nicole, you've been on the ep- the episode, the podcast before. You were like episode 12 or something back how in the far? day. How, <laughs> how many episodes deep are we now? Oh, we're so deep. This is like easily episode like 90 or something. Oh my God. So, Holy cow. Go wow. We're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for real. Well, I'm glad that you guys are on today's episode. Um, I'm excited to kind of talk to you guys about a few different things. Um, first, before we get into like the topics for today, I would love to hear how Savvy the Workshop came to be and like how you guys, I don't know, tell me your love story. Old school slide in the DMs. <laughs> <laughs> how funny is that? I know it literally started what how long ago was that 2000 I think we did our workshop in 2020 so I think we met in 2019 yeah um are basically I mean I had always wanted to do education and I kind of wasn't sure of how to start and I really wanted to do a workshop with somebody and I followed Abby for a while and I thought that I always admired her work and thought that we would be really great to just do a, a workshop so I was like I'm just gonna slide into her DMs and ask her and see where it goes and uh, we went out to dinner, we chatted, and the rest is history. My response was like, we should probably make sure we could be cool and like be friends first before we get into business together. And I think yeah. that we went out, we stayed out and had drinks and like went to multiple spots and just talked all night long. And we're like, okay, we can like build off of this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Really strong foundation. And it's ended up being way more than I think either of us. Yeah. Expected. Well, it just started, it was supposed to just be a workshop and then it started as just that idea. COVID kind of changed obviously our, our plans a little bit and things kind of got a little rocky, but then that's kind of why we were like, Hey, it can be way more than just a workshop. We can be all types of different education. There's so many people that are constantly eager for, you know, any kind of help. And I remember when I first started, it was so impossible to figure out where to go to for the resources or the guidance and the help. Um, and so we were like, let's just, let's give everybody what they're looking for, um, in terms of any kind of education that we can. And now it's like turned into so much more. So Mm -hmm. it's been really cool. It's been given us a lot of different opportunities and things we never thought we would do, but it's really awesome to be able to like help so many other photographers out. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I also think like, it's cool to see how people like, like they say, Oh, I want to get an education, but it's cool to see how everyone does it differently and how everyone gets into education in different ways, you know, and people teach about different things. Um, right. So it's cool that there's two of you because there's like two brains. Yeah. Right. 
like two experiences. Totally. We started in like, just like everyone else, the workshop, the creative hype shoots, like content days, stuff like that, where I feel like we kind of learned after our first one that maybe even though that's like the more traditional route to education, it didn't end up being our passion. We found it like really hard and just like really like the, the heart was a little bit more in like the hype and the trendiness of the shoots and how can you set up like the coolest content day. And we really wanted to try to find a way to focus on like the real meat of the education. And that's what led us to doing some more like online education. Well, even Cassidy, I talked about that on the first episode where it's like, you kind of recognize and see that maybe a workshop isn't necessarily for everybody and it is a lot of work. And so mm-hmm. we did dive into that a little bit on that first episode and talked about it, but I'm really glad we did go through that because it was kind of like that, that helped guide us into, you know, the, the niche that we needed to kind of find for, for us to really build what we wanted to be and what we were passionate about. There are yeah. people out there who do workshops well yeah. and do hype shops amazingly and ours went amazing, but yeah. we were like one and done. It might not be our thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right after that it's a lot yeah well I think you guys had a unique experience too with just like how it how a lot of things were just out of you your control um yeah but like I I feel you sometimes with workshops I don't know like the planning and stuff it's so worth it like when you do it but then like planning and leading up to it I just like for some reason it's really hard for me Right. Totally. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like it feels like planning a wedding almost. So many moving parts. Like you have to count on your models. Like we had models canceled the day before the dresses arriving on time, all the vendors and someone coordinating that. And you're essentially planning a wedding. Your attention. Yeah. yeah. is towards the event planning side right. versus like the real like heart of the education, which is what, which we, is what we got into yeah. it for was yeah. to be able to educate. And so that was kind of getting lost. And that's why we were like, well, you know, let's, regroup, figure out what we can do because clearly our passion is to educate. It's not to just put on an event. We're not event planners. That's not necessarily what we do. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's get into our first topic, which is having a killer client experience. Um, so where your clients feel like friends, but also like you are charging what you're worth. So I would love for you guys to talk a little bit more about this topic and kind of dive into client experience and like how all of that impacts booking and photography and just everything. You want to start? Yeah, I think that both <laughs> of us have noticed that one of the biggest like constant DMs and questions that we get from other photographers on Instagram or even just like other couples, something that keeps getting brought up is like, I see your reviews and I just see how much fun people are having at their sessions with you, whether it's behind the scenes or in the photos themselves, or like I said, in the reviews afterwards. And that has been, I know for me and I I know for you too, like our number one selling point. Um, And at our workshop, we found that a huge question was like, that's great. But how do you go from like, Hey girl, what's up on email? Like super casual to like, pay me $10,000 for your wedding, you know? So how do you get from A to Z? And so, um, I feel like there's kind of like a, a little bit of a dance and like a balance that you have to kind of find your groove in. But once you get there, it just like 
in my opinion, that's like been the secret sauce to my business that has kept me consistently booked for the last, you know, six years. Right. There's so many people that are constantly asking us what it is that we do and how can we get to that point. And that's why for us, we were like, you know what? Client experience is such a huge known factor. And if you don't have that good client experience, then clearly the booking is like, okay, cool. You got it. But then at that point, it might just end right there. It might die right there. When you clearly have the opportunity to even like push even further, go towards their friends, go towards shooting more things for them. But again, it all is well, well thought out and like done with having such a good uh, client experience. And so that's why we were super, super lucky to obviously like be able to use this as like an opportunity to be able to educate our, our couples on this. Um, but also be able to now put that into like our business and how can we be able to serve or teach other photographers how to do the same thing for their own. Um, I think we found a constant when we sat down and really started planning out content for our workshop, which was kind of like how to become a successful wedding photographer. How do you like really take that down to the studs? And the one thing that kept coming up in every section of our lessons was client relationship. Um, so from how to get natural photos to how to book in the first place to how to like get an amazing review, it all starts from the second they see your website, which I have heard so many people say this. And so what does that mean? Right. And it's like being yourself, being really like true to who you are and what kind of service you're providing on your website. Um, and the reason that we find that important is so that once they like go to make that phone call to actually book, you can then like hammer those points home. And so what we find um, like super, super important is at the beginning of the client relationship is building trust. And so the way that we do that is by being super open and super honest and super educational towards our clients before they pay us a dime. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's really going to like drive home that trust so that they're like, okay, I want her so bad. I will pay this high dollar or whatever your rate may be. Make them feel like they're taken care of, like from the moment that they inquire up until obviously the very end. Right. And it's almost like the client experience starts before they even pay you. Like the experience is the minute they find your website the minute they find your Instagram client experience is beginning like someone could be a follower on your Instagram for a year two years and that whole time is client experience and like you are not actually directly in contact with them right you know what I'm saying it's like making sure that you're also showing that on your Instagram on your website when you're sending them your bride guide or any of that stuff because there's so many steps leading up to them actually booking, right? And it's like you said, they could be following you for maybe five minutes and all they see is your work, or they could have been following you for a year and looking at you, another photographer, seeing the way that you interact with your clients, see the relationships that you have with them, see all the things that people are saying. So you just never know, but remembering that like you could have these people watching you on Instagram, any kind of social media, on your website, all that. And so it's like showing them who you truly are, giving them really the portrayal that that you want them to see letting them know that you're taking care of them. And then like having that the whole entire relationship from the moment that they're booking up until the very end or even longer than that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's, that's really good point. And with like client experience, then when someone does book with you, um, what are some of the things that you're doing from booking to shooting that you feel like really impact the client experience and like kind of solidify like you made the right decision booking with me 
So number one is that phone call. And I know that not everyone does this, but I know that our process is similar where someone inquires through HoneyBook or through your website. Um, you send over your pricing, they read through and they're like, okay, I want to set up a call with you to see if we want to move forward and sign a contract and pay the deposit. So the reason that call makes such a huge difference for us is that we get on the phone and it's like, Hey, how they can hear your voice from what we just said about Instagram. They can like connect with you already. Hey, how's it going? Oh my God. I've been so excited to talk to you. X, Y, Z. I can't believe like, you know, this is happening, blah, blah, all this stuff. Or even if you don't have like an Insta fan base and it's just a regular client off of Google or Yelp, it's just that immediate feeling of familiarness. It's like, Hey Cassidy, how's it going? What's up? How's your day? Are you at home? Are you working? Like keeping it casual and not diving straight into like, I'm going to answer all your questions today. Like, you know, super kind of like intimidating. You're setting the tone and you're kind of showing them what you're in a person. Yeah, Yeah. sure. And so then um, going straight into, I think, being super confident in what you're going to give them throughout your time together. So here's kind of how I lay out my days. Here's the way that I like to build out my timelines. Here are some things that maybe you wouldn't think of as a bride such as like leaving time before the ceremony as guests arrive to kind of tuck away so you're not being seen if you're doing a first look or little things and just throwing in those little education pinpoints. So they're like, oh my God, no one has mentioned this before. I've talked to five other photographers and like, this is making me so excited. I already know that I want to go with you or something along those lines. Right. And then continuing that. So even like once they do book, sending questionnaires, being there and being a part of it having an entire process so that they know that they're taken care of. So it's like, you're not just sitting there trying to preach to them like, Hey, I got your back. This is what I'm going to do, but you're actually executing it. So I can't tell you how many like years in the beginning of my business, I was like, Oh my God, they booked. And then I was like, okay, see you at the wedding day. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do next. Mm -hmm. And so there's totally like, if you have a system in place where it's like, you have the phone call, you've educated them, you began to build that trust. Now they've booked. Now you follow up immediately with like, I'm so excited to do this. Here's all my tips and tricks. And here's a questionnaire to start planning the engagement session. Right. And then after the engagement session, same thing. Follow up with like this gushy thank you so that they come back with a good, strong review. And then so on and so forth. Every pinpoint has like a follow up so that they're constantly hearing from you. They're constantly feeling like you're doing something and they're being taken care of. Literally so many people have been asking us that. So they're always like, what is it? Why, why can't I have that same client experience? So that's why we finally were like, okay, workflow guide. Oh, boom. That's what we got. And this is literally our process. This is our system. This is what we do in our business. This is exactly step-by-step how we take it, take from the very beginning when they first inquire to the very end. So like, here you go, you know, and it's like, then we can educate you guys as photographers on what to do and how we do it. Because I know that it can feel really intimidating for someone to say, how many times have you heard from educators? Like be yourself. That is like the number one thing that we hear about Instagram, your website. And that's so true. And it's such a good piece of advice. But I, so many times when I first started heard that and I'm like, how do I do that? What does that mean? Like how because I'm not a super like social and open person on my Instagram. I struggle with it myself. So implementing this like step-by-step kind of, I don't know, plan or program process. Yeah. yeah, With my couples has made it just like flow so much, so much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I would love to talk more a little bit about pricing now. Um, Cause I feel like on my podcast client experience, I feel like I talk about that all the time, to be honest, like, and that was like a great, 
little section, but pricing, I feel like is always, mm-hmm. always, always the hot topic. Totally. Like every, every single person's like, how do I price myself? Even me, sometimes I'm like, are my prices okay? Like, I don't know. Totally. So um, let's talk about pricing, your guys' pricing approach, um, specifically thinking about like expenses and how you kind of factor in all of those things into your pricing um, based on how many weddings you take on and all that. Just kind of like break it down for me. Okay. Well, to be completely honest, when I first, when Abby and I became friends, I was like, I needed help with that. Same thing. It's like, it's hard because you're comparing, you're looking at other people's pricing. You're trying to figure out what to do. First and foremost, I always think it's most important to like price yourself correctly in the sense of where you live. So like, Obviously, we live in California where everything is so expensive. So like maybe our pricing might start off a little bit higher compared to somebody in another state. Um, So like being obviously understanding of like the places that you live and stuff. But for us, truly, she's the one who inspired me to do this. But when we first started and we got into it um, and we talked about it, it was like, okay, what is it that you want to be making? Right. And like figuring out what is the goal on like what you want to be making and have that right there. And then have your second section of like, okay, well now what do you need to actually survive? So like how much are your expenses monthly? How much are your bills per year? What is it that you cannot live without? Like how much do you need to actually comfortably feel? And there's two sections of that. There's your business expense and your personal expense, which buckle up because it's scary when you get to the end of that list. Right. So like, Writing all of that out, having a clear expectation right off the bat. So like finding all your expenses, writing everything out, knowing how much you actually need to survive and then figuring out how to price yourself in terms of that. And so that's kind of where we also got into the topic where we were like, it's hard because even with pricing yourself, you don't even like when to be able to price yourself correctly for friends, family, all that stuff. And in general, but also remembering to stick to your pricing because obviously like it's a business. I think that that um, process, though, of being a little bit more bold, and I'm not a pricing guru by any means. This is just what has worked for us and what has, like, allowed us to live comfortably in a place that is so expensive and it's stressful when you're running your own business to make sure that you're hitting those goals every month. But exactly what she said of being like, okay, I know my expenses for my business, my personal life, and then what I want on top of that. And let's just say that's $100,000. I now know that comfortably with the amount of time that it takes me to shoot and edit a wedding, how many weddings I can comfortably take a year, also have a couple weekends off throughout the year or however much time I need off to travel or spend time with friends or factor in birthday parties, dinners, whatever it is. And so for me, that number is around 15. I like to take about 15 weddings, which is a pretty low number, I think, on like the scale of what wedding photographers like to take. But I now know that in order to make that $100,000, I have to charge X amount for each wedding, obviously also factoring in engagement sessions, family sessions. So I think like this, like adding or this balance of like comparing your um, calendar to your goal for the year and then kind of working with those numbers on top of your living expenses and business expenses it's really eye-opening to see what you're able to actually take and not get burnout and have this list of like weddings to edit at the end of every month. Right. Uh, super important. Yeah. Right. What, w- what would you say for someone that, um, let's say, hasn't been in business for a full year, so doesn't know what their business expenses are going to be and they can't look back on those expenses? What would you say for that situation, how they should figure out their pricing? 
Oh gosh, for me, I'm going to be honest with you. I threw a dart at the wall. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right answer. I think when I first started, I definitely like researched my area. I'm from Iowa. So I started there and I was like, what's the average price? And then um, I probably came up with something that was comfortable for me just to get my foot in the door. And so I think maybe there's like a, a learning curve. And I don't know if there's something specific that you can... Well, for me, I didn't do it the best way either. I just literally priced myself what was average around. This is the very beginning. When I first started, priced myself what was average around California for a wedding photographer. Started there. And then I was, again, trying to just aim my goal, like my business goal. So what I wanted to make at the end of the year. And I took however many weddings I needed to do in order to make to that point. And I know that's not, that's where I've learned where I'm like, I would never do that again. So like, Coming from like, if I were to start this all over again and start from the very beginning, how would I price myself? I would probably look at it as like, okay, clearly the first year or so it's going to be experience, right? They need experience. So the price is going to start a little bit lower just because like, obviously like I need to get some things under my belt. Um, And then once I feel comfortable with that, then starting to actually figure out how many I exactly need to take in order to make that happen. But the reason why burnout happens is because we're sitting here doing 40, 45 weddings to try and make that goal. So it's like figuring out again, like in order to price yourself the right way so that you can take a little bit less and not have to burn yourself out to just get to that goal of a hundred thousand or whatever that goal is. I also don't want to make a first, someone who's in their first year of business feel like, Oh my God, I need to like take this amount of weddings to hit a hundred thousand dollars. There's no way. Cause that's not realistic for a lot of people. It wasn't for me. I don't know if it was for you, No, but, um, I think it's definitely nice to know like where you're trying to end up and where you need to hit and figuring out still that time management to see like what you can take to get to that number. So that maybe in your first year, you're, you're at a lower rate, but you're like, okay, I'm building my portfolio. I'm working my way there. Now I know to hit my goal next year. Here's the amount that I need to raise in order to get there. And obviously Mm -hmm. there's so much that goes into it along with like educating yourself and you know, building up your business along the way, there's so many things that you have to implement before you get to that high number. Um, so I don't want anyone to feel like out the gate, like they should be, you know, what I mean? like, yeah. yeah, and yeah. taking that much for sure. Right. And I also think too, when you are in that first like year of, like you said, getting experience and just like, you're charging whatever you can just to book something. It's pretty common. And I like, I had another job at that time. So I think like expecting photography to be your main source of income right away. I don't know if that's 100% realistic. Like you do have to hustle in order to just be able to know like what the expenses are. And maybe like all of your money you're making from photography is just going towards getting you new gear. Like at this point, and you're not profiting anything yet, that's where like a secondary job comes in where you can like build up to going full time. I think sometimes like we think like, oh, I started photography. I'm going to make it my career. I'm hitting 100K this year. Like didn't happen for me. Absolutely not. Like you can, there's success stories out there where it's happened, but like remembering to lower the expectation of like, oh, I'm going full time and I'm going to make that kind of money right off the bat. Like remembering to start off small, to price yourself. And also not feeling bad about that. No, everyone starts somewhere. Exactly what you just said. The formula that we were talking about can totally fit into that almost in maybe an even more realistic way. So say you're making... I don't know, $40,000. And I'm just throwing out random numbers, but $40,000 on whatever job that you're working as it is. And photography is now going to be your side hustle until you can work your way up. 
now you know, like say you need to make $70,000 to live your life. Now you know you need to make that extra 30000 to be where you need to be. So it's not necessarily based on the number, but still like understanding what it is that and having a plan because I do feel like I did this and I don't know if you did. And I know there's so many people, especially with Instagram that just like jump into it. Kind of what you said, Cassidy, like it looks so glamorous and amazing to like try to want to be a photographer and make this your business. And just like, you're going to get rich fast and have this amazing, beautiful life, but being more realistic, like, okay, I'm going to have to hustle and see where I can get added on top of my side hustle or my current job or whatever it is. Here's my goal. Boom. I hit it versus just like, take, 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 take. Now I'm overwhelmed because I was just trying without a plan. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This, this is going to be very off topic, (laughs) but, um, Abby, you mentioned like, I don't know, at the very beginning of this episode, the word Yelp. Okay. I don't know if you like actually meant to say Yelp, but like, do you actually use Yelp to get clients? Yelp is my nightmare of a client. And I'm, I hope that's not like bad to say, but it is not. (laughs) Okay. I will say I do get emails off of Yelp constantly and I don't even have a big Yelp presence, but for some reason I do get like Google and Yelp quite often. Um, I'm not going to claim to know why, or like if the SEO is there or whatever, I think I maybe have like 20 reviews. But I will tell you that as far as Yelp goes for me, um, I, I have like niche down. Like I said, I'm only trying to take about 15 weddings a year. And I've really honed in on the type of client that I want to take. And I feel like sometimes on Yelp or Google, people are just like searching California wedding photographer. And maybe they're looking for a super traditional, light and airy, you know, type of photographer. And I'm like the super, I don't know what you would, let's just say like moody, you know what I mean? A little bit more like, photojournalistic style and then I'm like okay we are totally disconnected and now I'm like or they just want like four hours or they'll be like I just want four hours and my budget's a thousand bucks or something like that like I feel like Yelp is kind of just like random they're definitely not invested in you they're invested in finding a photographer but they might not know anything about you yet so there's something to be said about the level of our quality of client or in quality of inquiry from Yelp, Google, Instagram, Pinterest, all, all these different things. Yeah. 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 I definitely find that on Pinterest and Instagram, my quality of leads is much higher. For sure. How are you, how do you know that someone from Yelp is not a quality lead? Like what are some of the things that you notice either when you're talking to them or emailing with them? Like what are some of those things that indicate that for you? For starters, they're just like low budget like balling on a budget. They're like a thousand dollars here, $2,000 there. Number one, number two, it's kind of just like a quick sale in a sense. It's like, you're going, I think about when I'm going on Yelp, I'm looking for the closest restaurant, right. Or like the place that has a certain kind of food or, or I'm looking for um, somebody to come clean my car or whatever the case where it's like, I just want a quick, like quick, get it done service and it's over. So a lot of the things mm-hmm. I feel like, even with that is like, even in the communication. Cause for me, if I get a Yelp inquiry, I, I don't want to just judge them right off the Yelp. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, if you're really interested, truly go on my website and inquire. And then I'm going to read over your inquiry and see how I, th- how I feel. And I, even with those, a lot of the times, like those people, same thing, they'll answer it with one word of things where they're like need photographer one to two hours on my wedding day. This is what I need. And it's like, okay, great. I'm not doing that for you. Like, I don't feel any emotion. You don't know my business. You don't know me. You clearly just want somebody to show up, take the photos and be done. That's not my style. And again, don't want to say that every Yelp inquiry is bad because that's also not fair to say, but 
Um, that's again, where that like honesty policy policy comes in. So if they're say, just like emailing you straight off of Yelp and they're like, Hey, is this Abby Cooley photography, whatever, like I want four hours, whatever. I send the same email back where it's like really clear and like, really, I'm like, Hey, what's up? Like the way that I speak and there might be a few swear words or whatever in there because that's my brand. And right off the bat, if they're like, Oh no, 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 no. This is not like, you know, I'm this like very like posh mom from Newport beach who is not looking for this type of vibe. I think that's like established right off the bat, whether it's through the website inquiry questions um, which again is in our workflow guide. We go over like why those are so important. Right. But um, same with like the language and the email and the way that you speak. They cold call me every day I know, still. And finally I got the courage to be like, I don't like your clients. Don't call me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. No, I, I blocked Yelp's number. Yeah. They literally just called me twice today. And it's like, do you not get the hint? I need to do that. How did you block, block just one number? You found like the Yelp number? Whoever was calling me, I just blocked them. <laughs> I was like, leave me alone. Oh, yeah, I know. And if that's not enough, then they email you. And it's like, dude, oh, get off my back. Yeah. <laughs> also, I do, one last thing on that. I do feel like, and I could be wrong about this, but I do feel like most of the people who are my type of client specifically would take the extra step to go and look through the website and, and like kind of comb through. And then yeah. the inquiry looks a little bit more like this, like, Hey, I really connect with your work because of X, Y, Z. Um, I would love to inquire about the state versus like, hello, looking for a photographer for my daughter, four hours. Goodbye. Literally. Yeah. So I think that's like a big tell, but again, I don't know if that applies to everyone. It's probably really like depends on the type of client that you're looking for as well. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for going on that tangent with me. <laughs> I was just like, she said Yelp. Like what? Yeah. I know. I, I heard that word. Anybody really does have any success with like, I mean, I will say when I first moved to California, I definitely took jobs. And yeah, it's a great yeah. opportunity. If you like, obviously are needing the work and want to just get involved or like, like we were saying, build your portfolio. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. When I moved to New York, I, set up a Yelp for my photography page. I probably got two bookings from it, but you know, like at that point it was just like work was work. Right. Um, I think it was like a family session where the dad found me through Yelp. Um, Exactly. It was like a family member looking for someone else. Right. But they were like so nice and it was like, I had no problems with it, but like, yeah, I, I, I see how like Yelp is not the ideal place to be found only because the other platforms and other like means of marketing yourself are a lot more personal. Yelp is very much like, like you said, like a restaurant or like strictly a service versus like someone that is looking for a personal brand or looking for, I don't know, a cool photographer. If you're just starting out, even if you want to take those two clients like Cassidy did and like I did, um, urge your clients or couples who you've already worked with to like upload a few of their favorite photos along with their reviews. So at least when the person gets to Yelp, they're like, Oh, she's actually super talented. I really like her editing style. Mm-hmm. So at least it's still showing a little bit of the face of your business before they reach out. Right. Cause time right. is money and you don't want to be like, you know, we're answering all these email inquiries to people that you already know are dead leads. Right. So you kind of want right. to like knock them off as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Cool. Too, when you're young and, or when you're new, or, and this is so like, it's still something you're trying to establish, like take mm-hmm. advantage of the things that you can when you're obviously still in that, that 
sense of your business. Right. Yeah. Like literally I was like grasping for any type of lead possible. Okay. I was like any, anyone and everyone I photograph okay. everything. I do your pet. I will do your product. I will do, I will literally take photos of anything. Been there. I think one of my first times was a teeth whitening product. And I was like trying to figure out how to make the background perfect. I had no idea what I was doing. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. I, I actually have taken photos of like fresh chicken tenders. Oh my God. Like fresh food. Did you get some free tenders out of that? Absolutely. Job? After, so it was like burgers and like jalapeno poppers and like all yeah. these things. Yeah. And like I put them on a cute backdrop and then I would just eat it. I can't relate. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. Oh. Honestly, like I need to get into food photography. I'm yeah. quitting. You're on something here. That is so I'm real. Like I can be fed. Like I could totally eliminate my grocery bill. <laughs> Completely gone. Yeah. <laughs> Get yourself well, actually, on Chick-fil-A's freaking yeah, marketing. Maybe got some bread company that sent her a bunch of bread. I don't know if you had to photograph it. Maybe just for no. A I just story. had to do a story, but I was like, "You're gonna give me free food? Why not?" Yes. Whatever. <laughs> <Honestly. you know? laughs> I was like, "It's bread, you guys. It's bread, pasta, and loaves." Like, ooh, <laughs> say <Whoa>. no. <laughs> That's funny. Okay. So I wanted to talk next about setting boundaries. Um, because it's hard, mm-hmm. even like, you know, I'm sure you guys can relate. It's, it's hard to know what boundaries to set. Um, honestly, I probably have looser boundaries than most people. Um, but it's just one of those things. So when you're setting boundaries, how do you know who to set boundaries for? We've got family, we've got friends, we've got famous people, influencers. Be a savage. <laughs> or me. That, Be a savage. That is my motto. My answer is no. And again, <laughs> like, I don't know if this pertains to everyone, but I think that once you get to a point where you realize what makes you stressed out, uncomfortable, takes away from your business, your personal life and all these other things. Also like what maybe where the intentions when you say like influencer and famous people, there's so many people that reach out and they're like, Hey, could I get this for free? Or Hey, would you want to do this session for like a follower? Whatever it is you learn over time that that stuff isn't well speaking for myself, isn't fulfilling. You're not getting out of it. What you maybe thought like the excitement initially felt like, Mm -hmm. um, especially with family and friends. I am so clear. Even Nikki can attest to this. When I first met her, do not ask me to take your photos. I don't want to do it. I don't want to shoot your wedding. I don't want to shoot your couple session. I don't want to shoot your kids. And I'm sorry. <laughs> we have, okay, well, we have different perspectives. Yeah, no, that's uh, okay. Because A, I per, I'm such a people pleaser and I can't take money from people like that. And so there was a time in the past where I would say yes and I would do it for free or for like super discounted. And it just, it was taking from me. I was feeling like also the other aspect of it. And again, I don't know if this is just me, but I feel more pressure when it's a family or a friend, family member or friend. Cause I'm like, Oh God, I hope they really like, like this editing or I hope like I did a really good job for them because I would hate for them to go behind my back and say X, Y, Z or secretly feel unhappy. Whereas with a client that I know is booking me for me because they love my work, a friend might just be doing it to get like a free session or like, you know? So my answer is no. (laughs) 
And then for me, I do it, but I'm a savage and I charge them all full price. <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. My mom still to this day. She charged her mother. Gives me crap because I charge my mom full price. I can't. <laughs> but I'm like, mom, I got to pay the bills. Okay. So it yeah. depends, obviously, but also like what she was saying, honestly, it's knowing your worth, knowing your limits and knowing when to respectfully say no, if you can't do mm-hmm. it or being like, Hey, well, if you want me to do it because of, I, I'm, I'm willing to do it, then you're going to have to pay my normal price like everybody else, which I mean, there's even a situation too. I was telling her, um, last week where, um, again, you see somebody with a blue check mark and to some people it's like gaga eyes and they're all excited because they're like, Ooh, I'm going to get to photograph some famous person. And, um, somebody approached me, asked me to shoot their wedding. And they said, again, they wanted to do it for free or they wanted me to do it for free or for a discount because it was going to be in people magazine. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's great. Cool. And somebody will love that. But unfortunately I'm a business. I need to make money. I don't just get to take these photos and just like send them off and be like excited and proud of my work. Like I still have to feed my family. So I love that you are asking me that and I'm honored, but at the end of the day, I need to be able to make my money and I have to charge you what I charge all my other clients just because you have a blue check mark and I'll get into people like, cool. It's a great experience and opportunity, but me saying that they respected it and they still hired me for my full price. So it's like, you can either do that or you lose out on that blue check mark person who, again, you get published and it's cool for a week or something and you have that under your, under your belt. But honestly, do you actually get business off of that? Not really. And to be completely honest, just because someone's famous, I guess it depends on the person or it depends on the circumstance. It really doesn't bring you, again, it depends on what you're trying to do, if you're trying to grow or whatever. But for me personally, I now know I don't need that. I, I now at this point have my boundaries and my limitations and I know what I'm worth. So I'm going to still charge what I'm worth. And I don't care who you are, whether you're my mom or you're a famous person, like you're still getting my full price because that is what it is. Well, and it also sort of checks their intention too, is like they still hired you because they really value your service and they wanted you. Whereas someone might've just been fishing and they might've sent a copy and paste to like 10 of the best California wedding photographers and then whoever bit for free they're going with, you know, it's like, do you want to work with that person or would you rather save that date for a paying client who really values your service? Totally. But I Again, it depends on where you are in your business. And maybe there's someone who's like, that would really help me. And I would feel amazing to add that to my portfolio. I think that's fair too. Totally. That's why it depends on where you're at. It depends on where you're at. And like, honestly, like how you feel about the situation. I'm not saying if Justin Bieber emailed me and wanted me to shoot his wedding, I would say, no, I might do that for free. Not going to lie. I might. I I would be like, I will pay you (laughs) immediately. I will pay you my firstborn child to be in your presence. Thank you. Goodbye. Like (laughs) be able to say you got to shoot Justin Bieber's wedding. For real. I think like for me, Um, when it comes to specifically, I might be in a little bit of a unique situation, but I have all sisters and girls are like usually the ones that pick the photographer. Right. So for me, shooting my sisters for free all the time, number one, serve like acts of service is my love language. So I don't mind doing it. In fact, like I'm offended if you don't want me to like do your stuff, like I'll just edit them real quick, like a 15 photos, go post them on Instagram and then tag me. So your friends see your friends who are potentially getting engaged next year. I would love for you to post like my work on your page. You know what I mean? So for me, it just like, it's 
at the most like 30 minutes of my time for people to constantly get like ingrained in their brain. Cassidy Lynn is the photographer that my friends are using. So maybe I should use her too. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Anytime I see my friends posting cute photos, I'm immediately looking at their photographer. Anyone that's tagged, I'm immediately going in. Definitely. But I think too, like maybe with your sisters, you know that they're friends or, and I don't know your sisters obviously specifically, but you know that their group of people or whoever you would get referred by would totally be a client that you want to take on. So I think that that's right. another Strategic like boundary. Yes, yeah. for sure. Because like my like, mom is not going to bring me any clients. <laughs> well, you know? I still can't believe you charged your mom. So let's be clear. <laughs> I don't agree with that decision. So just stating that. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> but yes, like knowing when to do it for sure. Because there's definitely been times in the past where it's like, you know, that friend group can potentially put your business in places that can, again, like follow in different locations and stuff. Yeah. So like, yeah, I agree. I definitely encourage all new photographers, just like I did. And I know you did too, to do as many free shoots as possible. Sure. I just think there's a difference between like your high school friends all asking you for free stuff just to like take that advantage versus finding couples at Ikea, the beach, Target, wherever you are, that you're like, oh, that person looks like someone I want to work with. And I think they might have like a circle or a network that I would love to get into. So I'm going to offer them something free to add to my portfolio and then pull in their friends. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's an important aspect of boundaries where it's like, you have to try something once. Um, So if someone with a blue check mark, let's say, Mm, let's say like a C-list celebrity came to me um, and was like, hey, shoot my wedding for a discounted rate. I don't know if I'd do it for free. But in that case, I think I would be like, you know, I've never done something like this before. I will try it. And if it doesn't benefit me the way that I want it to, or like if it just like, it seems like you're just using me in the end, now I know. Yeah. But I think like I'm the type of person that like I would just want to see like, yeah. could it get me in with Justin Bieber? Like, yeah, for sure. Could it take me down roads that like I've never been before? I think like, totally, but right. also like you have to know the boundary totally. of like you do and it once. Protecting the new people who would agree with that and do that. Exactly what you said. Try it, but always check your intention too. Like, am I yes. doing this because I think it's going to add value to my life, my business? Or am I just doing this because they're cool and I'm just like scrambling? Because at the end of the day, <laughs> nine times out of 10, you're not going to find Justin Bieber after that. You know what I mean? Right, it right. could, and you could get somewhere and it could help you. But I think right. what you're saying is totally like spot on, like give it a shot, but really check your intention before right. you go into something like that. But also make yeah. sure at the end of the day that you're still respecting your time, your boundaries yeah. and everything. Because a lot of the times those people with the blue check mark also have a huge list of expectations yeah. that's just going to add to your stress. Yeah. Can so I get like, Ross? Can yeah. you edit this one? This <laughs> yep. can you- so it's like, you just got to be really careful because again, it depends. So for me, it was like, okay, this is going to be an actual client. I like this person. This person values my work. Cause they're willing to pay me. Right. Or versus like someone who's like, I just want it for free. I just need, you know, I'm going to use my name to get my, get what I need. Mm-hmm. And like, you can tell the difference too. It's like, they're going to value you as the photographer. They're going to value who you are and like what you're doing, or they're going to be that one person that's causing you the most stress. That's literally has all these expectations and you're still doing it for free or for the biggest discount. Wait, yeah. I'm curious, Cassidy, have you, has that ever happened with you where it's led to something where you felt like, okay, I'm really glad that I did that or I took that chance? Oh, good question. I think so. 
Because I'm trying to think the same for myself, and I really can't think of a time. I know. I'm always uh, gets pissed when the first I mean, I, me. okay, so an example, not necessarily like a celebrity, but like I took a wedding at a really popular wedding venue um, where I live, like basically like high tier, like, like one of the most expensive wedding venues here. I took it for half of my rate when I was first starting to get experience, blew that up on my blog, on Pinterest, on Instagram, literally like advertised it nuts and got like 10 bookings there the next year because I had the experience. So smart. Yeah, totally. So if it's going to benefit you in something like that makes sense. But again, your Mm. mindset going in was like, I know that this is going to do X, Y, Z for my business. So that's why I'm making this decision. Right. Oh, I'm just doing this for the intention of, Oh, I'm going to get published on so-and-so's page and that's it. Yeah. So knowing your intentions behind it, because at the end of the day too, a lot of the times it's like the intention behind it is I'm going to shoot a famous person. And just so everyone knows, people who like think that's really cool to aspire to, there are people that do it and thrive off it. And that's amazing. But nine times out of 10, any influencer or celebrity that you see, they're getting that stuff for free. Yep. And so if you get in that circle, like I worked for the first three years of my business in fashion in LA, I was making, I was great. I was working at Sprinkles Cupcakes just to like pay the first half of my rent because it's all for free because so many people find it intriguing and they want to do it. So that those mm-hmm. people can get, I mean, it's a different world with Instagram now. Totally. There's influencers and stuff. So totally. I don't know if that's the same. But, but also the quality of life is like night and day difference. Cause you know, now that you're respecting your boundaries, you're respecting that yeah. you, your time and your life is valuable. So you're charging what you're, you know, what you need to be charging in order to like, make yourself happy. Long story short, just don't look at someone and feel bad. If you're like, how do they get all these really cool people? Cause they might not be charging what they should be to help themselves propel forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, social media is like the wizard of Oz, like curtain, but like, no, it's like, it's like the, the land of Oz. And then like the person behind it is like the I don't know what I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> we got the, yeah. Okay, you got it. Okay, perfect. I was like, is this making sense? <laughs> okay. Um, I think, like, the only other thing that I wanted to talk about, honestly, was, like, how to be a cool, casual boss, but also, like, run a business at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you guys have any advice for someone that, like, wants the type of clients that they're you know you're friends with and like you really vibe with but also like maintaining the business aspect of it that they respect you at the very Mm -hmm. end of it still yeah the theme is that word boundaries yeah so again it's like the casual friendship vibe comes in the language that you use in your email personalizing those conversations on the phone and on email but kind of leaving it there and obviously figuring out what works for you nikki texts her brides often and a lot. I don't allow that because I'm like ADD. Like my phone is like, I don't want to be on that with my clients. I have a specific time of day where I'm emailing them and I'm having that relationship. And if they need something, they know that they can be like, Hey, I need a phone call. We'll set it up and we'll talk. And like I said, the language is super important. So like, Hey, how's it going? Oh my God, I'm obsessed. Show me this. You look so hot, dying. Love this. Whatever you're, but you also owe me (laughs) (laughs) $4,000. Whatever, yeah, whatever your personality and like, you know, running, what am I saying? Through line of your business is as far as that like casualness goes, 
But then at the end of the day, I think it's really important to make sure that you're not only being like a cool friend, like, hey, girlfriend or whatever, if that's what you want to say, but also then following through with, here's how I'm helping you. Here are the steps we're taking. I'm checking all the boxes. I'm giving you this amazing client experience before, during, and after your session. Um, And so that at the end of the day, when you're like, you're sending the invoice for X amount of money, they respect it and they want to pay you. And not only that, but then they tip you on top of it Mm -hmm. because you've given them such an amazing experience. Well, and that's what they say. They're like, I highly respect you because you have this relationship with us. The casualness is there. We feel like you're our friend, but also you're a boss ass bitch. And we literally are like, we know you get shit done. We know that you're going to take care of us. You do the best that you do and your service is incredible. So then they again. It's like they have this expectation, but it's like you go in and out, you go in waves kind of where it's like you keep the casualness, you talk to them the way that you do, the casuals, the casual aspect is all there and then you lay it there. But at the same time, you hit the still like, hey, I'm also I'm a business and you respect that these are the things that I have in place. So the contracts are in place, the questionnaires, the this, that you set the expectations in the very beginning and then they know, but then along the lines, you're also helping them and you're also kind of like casually speaking to them. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of a boundary, I think. It weaves into even the the contracts and the invoicing. I think those conversations even just speaking to someone like a human being, like there are times where people will maybe in my contract, they read through, they want a book, but they're like, Hey, I need you to revise this. I'm not okay with you sharing my photos on Instagram. And also I'm not okay with, you know, I don't know, some other like clause in my contract. And my response would always be like, Hey, I totally understand. Totally get it. Um, I'm really sorry, but like based on my past experience and X, Y, Z, here's why just like super open and honest, not like, I'm better than you, like, F you pay me, but more so like, I'm a human being, here's where I come from. And this is why things are set up this way in my business. If that doesn't work for you, we might not be the best match. Um, And I think that people really then respect it. And they're like, okay, I connect with you. I understand. One really big one right now is a COVID clause. And I know that so many of us have added in something about, you know, like an act of God or whatever in your contract Mm -hmm. where you know, we're trying to protect ourselves and rescheduling and cancellations and things like that. And I've had a lot of people come to me after reading the contract and say like, so just checking, like, you're going to charge me a rescheduling fee if COVID happens again, like that sounds a little effed up. And I think just having that honest conversation of like, I've never actually charged someone this because of this. Um, I'm just protecting myself as a business in case you make a decision down the line that, you know, so on. And again, just speaking like a human being versus being like, Yes, this is why. Like, if you don't like it, that's how you know what I mean. Just kind of have a normal conversation. I think that's what we mean by casual treating yeah. people like human beings. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Setting is also like setting the expectation and having boundaries in a way too that helps kind of keep it where you can still talk casually with them, but also like still they know and they respect that you're a business at the end of the day. And they respect that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, it makes them be like, Oh, she's, she's treating me well. And also like she handles her business. Like she's, she knows what she's talking about. Totally. Yeah. Love that. That was great. Honestly. (laughs) I'm just going to leave it at that. Cause like, that's exactly what I would have said. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you guys, I didn't prep you for this, but whatevs. Um, if you have like a funny or like embarrassing or like most tragic thing that's ever happened at a wedding, just like a fun story that like you always tell people or something, I would love to hear it from either of you just kind of as like a fun way to end the episode. Okay. Well, there's, 
There was, oh God, I am the most klutzy, clumsy person of all time. Um, I had my couple give me their rings, their wedding bands, because I think I was like doing details a little bit later on in the day um, because of the way that things were in behind. And I forgot. <laughs> and I had oh. them in my little like fanny pack while they were literally at the altar, like saying their vows. And I'm like, and now the rings. And I'm not kidding. The bride, they look out into the crowd. And they're like, Abby. Oh. <laughs> and I had to run up to the altar. But luckily they were like, so sweet about it. And they were like laughing. They're like, we love you. We wanted you to be this part of our day. Now you're like really a part of it or whatever. They even wrote it in like their thank you note later. So it ended up being fine. Oh my God. But I am so awkward and that would happen to me. And it was my nightmare. So that was one. That is awful. <laughs> oh this my gosh. This is a funny story, huh? Because mine is only a tragic, not so great what? story. Well, and it actually was on the same exact day. This was like an overall just bad wedding. Like, you know, when you just have like one of those weddings where you're just like bad things keep happening, keep happening, keep happening. So this is not a funny story. It's more like a oh shit moment story um, where right as the couple is walking down the aisle again, this is really good option or why we have two camera bodies. Um, I was walking backwards and I make my husband stand behind me because I'm also klutzy. So if I'm walking backwards, my biggest fear is that I'm going to like step backwards. Or was it you that sent me that TikTok of somebody he falling into in the pond? Did you see that? <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> biggest fear. So like, I don't want that to happen. So my husband or whoever's my second tutor is kind of like walking behind me. So it's like, Hey, this is the no go zone. Well, anyways, he was walking behind me, walking behind me, walking behind me. And right as they're saying their I do's, they kiss, whatever. I go to shoot and then my camera completely breaks, like breaks right in the middle. Again, it's like, thank God, again, you have two cameras, whatever. And it gives me an error function, whatever. And again, these are moments where it's like, hey, they're like, these are big moments. It could have broken at any point, any time, at any moment. And that's the time when it does it. Um, and then at that same exact wedding, then that same exact um, uh, place, the same venue. Now I'm like, that venue is cursed. And I actually just found out that they're no longer a venue. So I think clearly it's cursed. Um, during portraits, I don't know what happened. I started to get sick and I was actually getting sick. And the couple was like, yeah, on the same level rally. And I'm like, no, dude, no, we're like actually sick here. So I'm like during their portraits, like yakking in the freaking forest, the same wedding, same wedding. Same exact. And I was like, today is not my day. This is the worst thing ever. Ouch. So it was like thing after thing that just kept happening. And then I was like, I'm never shooting at that wedding menu again. Cause the last time I shot that wedding menu, it was awful too. But wow. moral of the story, have backup cameras. And again, <laughs> why it's a good thing to have a second shooter because like, as I straight up am doing their portrait pictures, like I'm freaking in the bushes. They think I'm like on a good one and having a a good time mm. like they are and I'm like no we're not on that same level bro like <laughs> you're yeah. on that level having a good time level I am not and I'm like in the bathroom like freaking having a time so oh gosh so not I I shot this engagement session um and it's like at this location that's like an hour and a half from like where I live it's like far um and there's a videographer for the session as well Basically, the videographer like shows up and she's like, I haven't been feeling good all day, but like I'm I'm fine now. And like we it's like a sand dune. So like we have to climb to the top of it. We get to the top and the videographer literally 
just started throwing up in the bush. I really hope that the videographer does not listen to my podcast because yeah. they know exactly who they are. Um, which it was, I, we felt so bad. Like I was with the couple and we were just like, Oh, I feel horrible. Yeah. That was like, like me. And you know, we're like on, we're like on, like, you know, it's yeah. like, you're just like, haha, okay, cute. Love, love, blah into the freaking bushes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, the videographer ended up leaving and rescheduling. Cause it was like, it's an engagement session. So you can like, you know, yeah. okay, do well, it well, again well, another time. But any day like that, like oh. you bury it, <laughs> move on. <laughs> but that's what I, I like how terrifying. <laughs> I could never. Wow. Well, those are great stories. Thank you guys for just pulling those out of thin air. Um, it kind of feels like you have them prepped and ready because it would take me like 12 years to think of one. So I feel yeah, but I feel a little jib casting. You said an embarrassing one about a videographer, but you didn't make a fool of yourself. I feel like the fool in all these three. Yeah, most embarrassing I've ever had to throw up in front of people. Yeah. Gross. I don't actually I like feel like I've already shared all of mine on the podcast already slash can't think of one. You know, like when someone says, what's your favorite movie? And you're like, I have no idea. Like that's what happens to me. Right now. Totally. So cool. Well, this was a really good episode. Thank you guys for coming on. Um, go ahead and tell everyone where they can find and follow you before we peace out. Yeah. Um, our workshop page on Instagram, Savvy the Workshop. We also have a website, SavvyTheWorkshop.com, where you can see all of our guides and basically everything we talked about today. <laughs> yeah, everything will be linked in the description so everyone can see um, that and go access it super easily. But thank you guys again for coming on today's episode. It was so great talking with you. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit